Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook em up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Oh, man, the theme to Dallas, appropriate, appropriate with uh, J.R. Ewing and the Cowboys of Dallas and the Rangers of Texas headed back to the World Series. Props to the Rangers, Rudd. Mm, no, they, congrats, uh, man. They were the better team. There's no doubt. They Astros deserve Astros punched and gave them a pretty good punch, and that's what champions will do. And oh, and they got a 3-2. It was looking bleak for the uh, Rangers. I will say, uh, I, you know, I couldn't pick the Rangers last year, but it, yesterday, but after losing game six – and the home woes continue, and I had a, had a real bad feeling. And you brought it up yesterday. I was trying to avoid it, but the Dusty Baker record in Game 7s and closeout oh. games versus the Brutes Bochy record in closeout games, that just was looming in my, my gut as, oh, God. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, you know, no better example than last night when it's still a ball game because the Rangers jumped out, no question, and really took control of the game, got Christian Javier out. But it was still a ball game, especially mm-hmm. with the Ranger bullpen woes over the course of a year, uh, middle of the game. Uh, a couple of instances where Dusty Baker seems like he was managing for a nine-game series, not a seven-game series. Urgency, urgency. I didn't like him going to J.P. France, who hasn't pitched much and put him in a tough spot. And J.P.'s got to pitch better, but he's a rookie. Uh, He's hardly been used. Uh, And then you went to Jose Urquidy later. If you had Urquidy available, use him to keep this thing a ball game. He's already faced this lineup. He's already battled this lineup, and he – you know, he's playoff tested. Uh, that's the guy I go to in that spot. Heck, go to Justin Verlander. Yeah, all um, hands on deck. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man. I mean and that was the point, right? You go with one of those guys, one of your established starters in that spot who've already faced this lineup and have done the, the pre-scouting and all that, mm-hmm. been on the mound against these guys. Instead, you go with someone who hasn't, and he looked rusty. Uh, meanwhile, what, what did Bruce Bochy do with a lead? He went with Jordan Montgomery yeah. to just make sure the, it. This, this, to bridge the gap to the bullpen and mm-hmm. – uh, there was also the instance where Dusty Baker had – the Astros still had a chance to get a rally going, and they get first and second, nobody out. And he lets Martin Maldonado bat at wow. the bottom of the order instead of pinch hitting Yiner Diaz. I'm That's like, crazy. What? What are you everybody, doing? Yeah, I mean, everybody knows Martin ain't there for the yeah, bat. He's not there for the bat. It's, you're, you're trying to get out. So what are we doing? You're trying to score runs here. Yiner Diaz could poke a three-run homer here. Yiner Diaz could hit run the gap, and all of a sudden you got a big inning, which is what you need. You need a crooked yeah. inning here to get back in this game. It's little things, man. Uh, and that's – Little things become amplified in a game seven in the postseason. Oh, it all matters. Those little small things you're bringing up, then they really make a huge difference. That's why Bochy – He's the best. Undefeated in, I mean, he's undefeated in those winner take all, uh, take winner take all game home go home scenarios. So well, and I think in your own dugout, you got guys going really. Yiner's over. Even Yiner's like, hey, why don't you? I'm the catcher. I bat like a hundred, two hundred points higher than this guy. Uh, let's go. We need to rally here and get me is in this Dusty game. Is he just coach. going on his gut? Is I, he just going off his gut? Look, at, look at, no Astro fan denies the importance of Martin, but at the same time. You got better hitters, <laughs> and you need hitters at this point. You're trailing, Dusty, uh, and give the Rangers a ton of credit. They stepped every tie. Dusty, Bruce Bochy pushed every right button. Uh, you know, because once they took that that gut punch on Game Five and the three-run homer in the ninth, um, they could have panicked. They could have, uh, you know, 
folded up, but they did the opposite. They came into Houston and scored 20 runs in two games and, you know, punched their ticket, earned it, you know, left no doubt, uh, resounding two wins. And oh, that's yeah, it impressive. wasn't even entertaining. I mean, it was, it was no, it was it, frustrating, it, it, but it was exactly. exciting, <laughs> exhilarating for Ranger fans. So, but, yes, I, I do think there is some reporting this morning that Dusty Baker, that was his last game, that uh, he and Jim Crane and, you know, front office, they've already talked. Whatever was going to happen this year, this was going to be it for Dusty, kind of a mutual, more, more Dusty. Dusty's got his World Series now. Dusty's a Hall of Famer. He'll still be the coolest dude. Yeah, and he was brought in to write the ship. He was, and, and, yeah, he was and, brought and, in and to take the bullets, right? Uh, yeah. Well, after the scandals, need somebody to write the ship. Need a veteran. Somebody respected. Yes. Right. And that was the role that he played. He, by the way, he killed it in that role. He was amazing. He was, was awesome. and he they did win a world championship. Yep. Uh, in his tenure, they would did make it to th- three more ALCSs, yeah. and you know this one was 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 all Rangers. But it, it's and, really as we've talked about, and it's I'm going to be rooting for Texas too. I do have family. My brother lives in Philadelphia, right outside of Philly, and they're all Phillies fans. So we're getting – I got the Hogan text chain going of go oh, Phillies, go you Phillies, You definitely want Philly in there then. Well, I'd like to see it, but I'm going to root for – look, I, I've always said I have allegiance to the Rangers through the Nolan Ryan family and the Round Rock Express uh, because just being with friends with, with Reed for 20 years and getting to know Nolan uh, and what goes on there. Uh, I, you know, when, 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 Ryan, when Nolan Ryan was the owner of the Rangers, I was rooting for the Rangers. And um, mm-hmm. while being in a, a – Suffering Astro fan because that's when the Astros were terrible. Um, but you know, I I never gave up my allegiance on the Astros, but I, I rooted for Texas. Uh, so I'll root for the Rangers in this World Series. A lot of connections to the Round Rock Express, uh, Chris Almendaris, right uh, Reed Ryan, and that whole team. Uh, so, but you know, and it's the state of Texas, Rod. State oh, of Texas. I root for the state of Texas. Good for us because our listeners, a lot of them, are big Rangers fans. So uh, it's good for our listeners. So congrats to all the listeners out there. But that's why, I mean, content. I hate to be selfish, but <laughs> the Rangers in the World Series, good. it's good for content. We actually air Rangers games, so it's good for us. But I like it, and I know people don't subscribe to this theory, but I root for the state of Texas often. Even so you'd root for football. Texas A&M if they were in the Final Four and not, Texas wasn't? I have, I've rooted for A&M before. Longer fans don't like it, but I've rooted for the Aggies because I root for the state of Texas. I'm a big fan of the state of Texas. I root Agreed. for the Cowboys at times because yeah. um, when they're not playing the Longhorns, I follow the Cowboys. I will admit, when they had, when they had the chance to beat Alabama and then they did the last couple times, like I was rooting for them. Yeah, I'm not rooting. I wanted to finish. I root, for, I root for I root against the I Aggies was. when the Longhorns got to play them pretty much. But now they're in the same when – they, when, they, when they're in the same conference, that'll be different. Oh, yeah. That'll be different. Now, that's because they win the SEC. Right. I was like, that's kind of where I got to – That was no reason myself. for me to root against them in the SEC. I don't know if like, oh, we're over recruiting battles. Like, I'm not into all that. I'm talking about on the field. Well, <laughs> we yeah, and so Ty back there, of course, he's all about hatred and emotion. Yeah. But that's why this rivalry. And that's fair. I mean, you're, every fan's different. But, if, uh, if, if it was up to me, I, I, I would root for the Aggies to go 0-12 every single year. And, I, and that would make exactly. me so happy. So, so happy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, though some people are fine with that. Like some people are rooting for Oklahoma to lose well, right now. And let's now also say that there's a different type for you because you were recruited by Texas A&M and almost went there. Yeah, I was almost an Aggie. Honestly, I got nothing against the Aggies. R.C. Slocum, I loved me some R.C. And so, yeah, I, I, for, I give it. I'm not hating on anybody. If you want to you know, hate the Aggies, I get it. Uh, but my point is this rivalry now has a chance to be not historically, but right now in the present has a chance to be the best rivalry in baseball and one of the top three to five best rivalries in sports currently right now if the Rangers can win a World Series. Yeah, even if they don't, it'll become a it'll still be, now it's more but then, than but it's ever it, been. Back-to-back years, though, E, you'd have the, 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 you'd have the Astros win it one year and then the next year the Rangers win it. Like, who, what rivals recently have been able to do that? It's, it happens, but we're talking about historically it's happened. Well, but and the ones we talk rare. about, are, you're right, because the ones we talk about are historic. The great, yeah, the all-time greats, right? the Lakers and Celtics. Yeah. It's the Yankees and Red Sox. It's Come on. the 
know, the year so, that you said you know, Auburn, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama went back to back and and led to, to the rivalry growing Duke uh, and North Carolina. Yes. Uh, so for those sure. Are, yeah, those are like a, a iconic rivalries sure. in sports all the time. And now, and, and look, when, when the Rangers and Astros crossed paths in the middle part of the last decade, when the Rangers were on their downslide and the Astros were coming up, the, the Rangers, Astros still couldn't beat the Rangers. They were this young team trying to beat Texas, and uh, that's when Ron Washington was still the manager. And we, we had uh, Gene Watson, our baseball insider, on before the, the series started, and, we, and he told the story that A.J. Hinch and he are close friends, mm. and A.J. would call him and say, well, what do I got to do to beat the Rangers? And uh, Gene said, you guys need to start a fight. You need to have a fight with them. Uh, just <laughs> stop being bullied by them. Yeah. And, uh, they had a big brawl. Like, they had benches clear. They had, uh, that's, it was, that's awesome. And then the Astros <laughs> took off and the Rangers went down. And no, now we've got a fight, right? Now we've got both teams playing at a really high level. But next year, regardless of what happens in the next two weeks, both will be the preseason favorites to you know, get right back here. Because yeah. among the favorites with the Orioles again, I think will be a year improved. And um, you know, Seattle will want to be in the mix, and obviously the Yankees can never count out the Yankees. We'll see what they do in this offseason. Um, so, but yes, I mean, now there's bad blood. This is everything a rivalry needs. There, it really there's is. villains, there's oh, storylines, players on both sides, the arms race, oh, yeah, star power. Yeah, now there's actual on field bad blood mm. uh, because of the Brian Abreu, Adolis Garcia situation here. Yeah, I mean, to the point where there were reports yesterday that the Astros were furious about Major League Baseball for the suspension to Abreu because they don't believe he did it on purpose and that the baseball was favoring the Rangers because Chris Young, who's the general manager of Rangers, came from the Major League Baseball office. He was working wow. in the MLB. Con- conspiracy theory yeah. that too? Well, and like, even that sounds very petty to me to yeah. the Astros, but at the same time, this is where this rivalry is. It's but, very honestly, petty. You could believe it. It's, it's almost like the uh, – because now – they're showing favoritism. The conspiracy theory about Connor Stallions, the uh, military uh, whatever uh, personnel person who, might have, who allegedly was helping with the spying scandal, sign-stealing scandal for Michigan, a lot of people believe now that it was Ohio State and Ryan Day that reported to the NCAA report. And I said, this is a th- conspiracy theory, but it goes to well, your point about nothing's off the table when it comes to rivalries. Nothing. No. It's like, no, actually, that, may, well, you that know, makes sense a, to a lot of people on both sides of that rivalry. Oh, if there's cheating going on, <laughs> then it should be your rival that turns you in. Well, it's, it's like, how can they be? Because Ohio State is, well, how did they start beating us? What happened all of a sudden? It's like, yeah, we own that cheating. rivalry. That's what happened. He started cheating. That's what happened. Brought in a special agent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. It's right. I love it. So now Connor Stanley, this is, take that deep dive. Now they have done the research. Oh, man. And they have found that Connor Stallions, through StubHub, bought tickets to up to over the last three years, up to 30 games on the road. That's a lot of games. And now they've been able to go back and look at video surveillance of him in the stadium. Oh, no. Find where his seat was. Oh, no. And then now they have him like videotaping. Oh, no. You got a video. He, just, he never watched one bit of the game. He's just staring. Doesn't this just feel like one of those CIA movies? Now they got the oh. screens up and they're they're fast forwarding to certain wow. points and they're looking for Connor Stallions and Connor Stallions. You know, Ohio State was at the middle of it and oh. now Michigan's in trouble trying to derail mm. this Michigan team on their way to a possible national championship. Of course, it'd be the best Michigan team they've had in years when this would come out, right? Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh that is, as I said, that's great though. I I think it's in rivalries right now. A lot of people are speculating Ohio State may have something to do with blowing blowing the whistle. Also, uh, before we get to your burn up, behind the burn orange curtain coming up, uh, I, I, I found some Matt Rule sound where Matt Rule was talking about uh, how you could fix this whole sign stealing nonsense that's going on. Oh, well, it's easy. It's, it's just, easy. Yeah, you just need communication headsets. Yeah. That, Duh. Yeah. Duh, <laughs> NCAA. Yeah, I don't know what you're waiting on. It's take, taking too damn All right. long. Uh, so, Ty, if you go ahead and call Jeff Fry, we'll bring him on for a minute, talk to the uh, great Texas Ranger oh, about I'm his sure. Rangers rivalries. Has he, been, has he been sli- Has he slept? 
Is he putting an all-nighter here? Well, you know, he's since celebrating all I night? I think they were out hunting. Hey, you know what's kind of cool, though, is, is Jeff has been a part of the Rangers-Astro rivalry. Not to this level, because they're, they're in the same division now. But also the uh, Red Sox-Yankees rivalry Ooh, when he was playing for the, for the Bo Sox. So can give us some, some perspective. So, yeah, let's go like to this. it. Get some uh, perspective from uh, Jeff Fry. He is the... Uh, former Rangers second baseman, 290, his lifetime batting average, and he joins us uh, fresh from the duck, from the uh, the blind out there, uh, you know, looking for some uh, some fresh protein. Hey Jeff, how are you, buddy? Hey, I'm doing good, buddy. I, I appreciate you having me on. I'm out here in uh, East Texas, Palestine, looking for a big buck and uh, hanging out with <laughs> Colonel and uh, Colonel and, Craig, uh, nice. buddy Brandon. Tonight, Duck Unlimited Banquet. Ducks Shout Unlimited tonight in Palestine, Texas, home of Adrian Peterson. How did your uh, How did your hunt go this morning? Any Any positive uh, success there? No, we didn't. We didn't shoot today. Uh, saw a couple big bucks yesterday, but uh, didn't have much time. And they were They were pretty smart, and they kept moving. So we just passed and uh, just kind of biding our time. Hey, uh, before we get to the rivalry that's now built here between the Astros and Rangers for the for the moving forward, uh, your thoughts on this Ranger ball club? Well built, uh, a lot of baseball character on that team, a lot of talent on that team, and you know they've absorbed some some rough stretches, and in, including uh, you know getting you know taking a falling behind in the series of the Astros with three straight losses, but bounced right back, and that's what champions do is they they're resilient and find ways. You know, I think they I think teams take on the character of their manager. And, uh, you know, Bruce Bochy is coming here and uh, never panicked. And, you know, the Ranger fans were on, me included, or on cloud nine when we went to Houston and won two games. It was like, well, all we got to do is win one in, in Arlington. And, uh, man, the Astros put it on them. And, you know, they could have been left for dead. You know, that's kind of tough to recover from. And the way they bounce back, they're very resilient. And, you know, it's it's sad that one of the teams has to lose because – I mean, those guys battled on both sides. It, it was a lot of fun to watch this series. Where would you uh, rank this uh, Texas-Houston rivalry right now with the way things are trending? Uh, Rangers in the World Series, Astros uh, were defending uh, World Series champs. Where do you think this thing is going considering how good both of these teams are in the next five years? Are we talking about the best rivalry right now in baseball? Yeah, I believe it is. I believe it is. I mean, the Phillies and the Braves are probably are, is up there, too. And it's just the Red Sox and the Yankees haven't really been that relevant the last few years. I know the uh, Yankees made the playoffs last year. But, uh, yeah, this rivalry, you know, especially for the state of Texas, why do we care what happens outside of the state of Texas anyway? Because we have our own rivalry. Yes, the Yankees up there, you can claim your rivalry if you want. But, uh, I mean, what if? great thing for the state of texas especially the dfw area because it just revitalizes everything when the rangers are you know relevant uh cool to see uh Adolis garcia i know i think every, everybody in baseball knew how good of a player Corey seager is that doesn't surprise you uh, marcus simeon's a great player but man this was the coming out party nationally and around the world for Adolis garcia uh, i know you coach hitting and teach hitting what do you see from Adolis that makes him so dangerous i thought last night him being able to go opposite field uh with a fastball to drive it to the right foul pole just shows how complete a hitter he is he can get a little pull happy sometimes but man that is a talented dude right there yeah, what I see are, are his muscles bulging out of his jersey. <laughs> and this guy, and he competes, and he competes, and, you know, it's, I've been seeing it for a couple of years, so we kind of knew what we had in the Dolis, and, 
and the other guys really stepped up. Corey Seager, Evan Carter, tremendous series. Remember when I talked to you guys before the series, and I told him to walk. Uh, who's the big power hitter for uh, the Astros? Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, I, I said just walk him every time, and look what he did. And then Jose Altuve. I mean, what an amazing baseball player that guy is. And Bregman, it's like, you know, I was in Bartlesville, game five, or I think game five. No, game six. Ninth inning, Rangers are winning. And uh, we go in this little hole, kind of this, this uh, retreat we're going to for a celebration for somebody. And all of a sudden I lost service, and I had no service oh, no. for the ninth inning. And nobody else there cared. But I was losing my mind, and I, I was like, oh, my God, it's 4-2. to two. I finally texted my son. I said, we win, we win. He goes, Altuve, three-run homer. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was, and to see them bounce back, man, it was hurting my heart because I know both of my sons are diehard Ranger fans. That is awesome. It's a good baseball story. Hey, uh, you mentioned Evan Carter a couple times. What a, what a find. I mean, obviously the Rangers have, in addition to these you know, really talented top-end players, uh, Josh Young uh, coming and Leotis Tavares, but how about Evan Carter? This kid's 21, but he looks like he's been playing in the league for 10 years. He's unbelievable. You know what's even more unbelievable when this guy gets interviewed? He says all the right things, and he's you know, obviously a very talented player, and to be on this stage performing at that level at his age is remarkable. And I just I can't even imagine. You know, Hopefully they don't start – uh, comparing him to some of the greats and say he's the next Mickey Mantle or the next uh, Ted Williams. Why don't we just let him be the next Evan Carter? Yeah, at Elizabethtown, Tennessee. Uh, hey, Jeff, thanks for doing it, man. Good luck out there in Palestine with the Ducks Unlimited Banquet. Congrats to the Rangers and all the Ranger fans, former players, everybody. That's a, that's a proud organization that's been uh, fighting to get back since 2011, and here they are. Uh, go win this thing, all right? Go beat the Phillies or Diamondbacks and bring a championship back. Keep the championship in Texas. That's where it belongs. Yes, sir. That's what I'm talking about. I appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, we'll report back if we get something on the ground. All right, brother. There you go. Yeah, man. Evan Carter, uh, unbelievable. Uh, that, that, you know, all of a sudden he's batting in the three-hole. Think about that. It's, everything you just said. I mean, you got that lineup with that many good players, Rod. In baseball, typically your best hitter will bat third. Uh, now, wow. some, some managers will put him first just because you get more at-bats. Yeah. Well, you get more at-bats. I mean, you guarantee Shohei Otani sometimes will bat first just to guarantee that he comes another, around another, again. Okay. You're trying to get in the, you know, the odds are, I mean, the numbers tell you he's going to get the, the, the closest to getting the most at-bats. So, but, you know, typically in baseball, your three-hole hitter is your best hitter. Uh, he can do a lot of things with the bat. He can hit for power, hit for average, um, go the other way where you need to, uh, you know, you know, take take pitches because a lot of times in baseball today you want to give your your first and second batters a chance to steal a bag or steal a base. Uh, so man, that guy, I, I don't know what. I mean, he come out of nowhere. Yeah, he came out of nowhere. Now all of a sudden, if you're an Astro fan, you're going, I know I got to worry about Elbombi and Seager and Simeon. I got this guy. Yeah, you got to Josh about Young. Him. Yeah, come yep. on, man. Evan Carter, are you kidding me? That guy is. Uh, um, what a what what plate discipline he has! What plate coverage he has! What uh, defense! Yeah, he made the big defensive play. Remember in the game one when he, you know, caught the ball down in the well there and doubled off uh, Jose Altuve for the for the double play. I mean, this guy. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty one. That's crazy. I, I've got 21-year-olds, Rod. They, <laughs> I, yeah, to yeah. his point, he gets on the camera, and they're like, hey, man, were you nervous? He's like, no. 
No, we're just, just out here playing, playing ball. ball. We're just, just playing ball. Yeah, he looks like he's just playing ball. He does. That's yeah, right. He, he looks like he's playing relaxed. with his buddies uh, back really, in Tennessee. Yeah. Looks really relaxed out there. And they all did. Rangers look great last night. All right, there's a little Ranger chatter. There's uh, El Bombi, uh, or excuse me, uh, Frito, Jeff Fry, talking about the Rangers and El Bombi. The muscles, the muscles bulging through his shirt. See, yeah, seriously. I mean, the Rangers right now, the, the, since 2011 was the last time they were in the World Series. So this is a generation of Rangers fans now that will be experiencing this for the first time. Yeah. There's some adults now that, that don't quite remember that. <laughs> well, and that's, that's what I tell my kids. Because uh, right. my kids have lived through this. Enjoy Astros, it. They've lived through this Astro yeah. run of the last seven years. And there's been two World Series in there. There's been – you know, lessons learned on the cheating scandal that you can teach your kids and, oh, yeah. um, you know, those kind of things. But at the same time, there's been a lot of winning. And so, you know, you learn that there's ups and downs. You win, you win some, you lose some. Well, you, you learn you got to enjoy the runs. Like if you're in Texas, you got to enjoy that good run that Texas had in the 2000s. That's right. Because we haven't had a good Texas run. You've like 13, this is a 13 years since we had a good run like we're on now. Kind of like the Rangers. But, yeah, exactly. And there's a whole group of young kids who never knew anything about Texas football being at the top of the mountain and being a premier college football powerhouse. Like, they didn't know that. They, I mean, some of these kids, even on the 40 acres, they're being recruited. I mean, well, they, listen, were, I, I, they, we, were, they were like four or five years old when Texas last was making a run like this. We can speak right through Ty, <laughs> our producer. He's 25 years old. Yeah. And, you know, he's pretty much lived through. Now, he remembers the 2011 series, and he can speak for himself back there. But uh, you remember the 2011 World Series, but you were a little kid little when that kid. happened. I was there. Now – and you were there. You were at that game. Yes. Which one? Uh, I think it was game. It wasn't. The, it wasn't the final game. Well, they went back you to went St. To a, Louis. Went, so went it was to a game five. in Arlington. Yeah, it was one of those okay. games. What were you about? about Thirteen cool. at the time. 12? I was in middle school. It was. It was a golden age. Yeah. My sports life with the Mavericks and the championship, and then. Oh yeah, you got go. the Mavs too. Yeah. And that's why it's really hard yeah. for him as a Cowboys fan because he's never seen. Oh, Cowboys. he's never he's seen. Never hear about it. He's hearing about, about it all the times. Yeah, but that's the thing about it. You got if you're a fan and you're a Rangers fan, congrats to you. But in my at forty something years now, I figured out, man, enjoy that run because it is not gonna last. <laughs> right? Look at the Patriots. Like, hey, Patriots fans, I'm happy for y'all. But that that run is done. It's over now. You know what's funny about it's that? It's over now. <laughs> I remember when I was first in radio and I was a young cocky radio guy. And look, I was just, you know, you were on the teams, Rod. I was just talking about Mac Brown and they, when they oh, were yeah. getting their ass kicked by Oklahoma, you were on the field for those games. Oh, I remember. And we're doing our job. We're just talking about it. Yeah. And I'd have so many people come up to me and say, E, I, it's fair criticism, but just it's so much better than it was for so long. Oh, yeah. It's yes. so much better. Yeah. Don't be too hard ben on that. And the Makovic years yeah. and all that kind well, of stuff. Well, David yeah. McWilliams yeah. and uh, Fred Akers and Mud Darrell. That's I mean, true. Those were really down years. Really down. Really down. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. hey, you don't understand how – you just got here. <laughs> you don't realize how bad <laughs> it's been. You do appreciate these, these nine, ten-win seasons here, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had to learn that lesson. I really did. I remember as a young broadcaster, I – um, I, I, the story was that, uh, and you know, I grew up following Ohio State football. So there you go, different standard. Different standard. There I you was go. like, and and somebody the, the the Longhorns had beaten the Aggies. This was late nineties. They'd beaten the Aggies, and people were coming back from College Station. Uh, Ricky Williams was on the team, and I was doing the post game call in show, and somebody called in and said, "Hey, bring on whoever was the best team in the country at the time." And I was like, "Come on, y'all, y'all aren't really ready to play <laughs> you that no team." Shot. You got no shot. I was shot. trying to be real. Like, <laughs> did you just say bring on Florida State or whoever it was? I'm like, you yeah. guys don't want to play Florida State right now. Yeah, you definitely did. You just barely beat the Aggies, and oh my gosh, uh, they lost it. A, it. They lost it. <laughs> and I learned pretty quickly: if you beat the Aggies, just celebrate the win. Just celebrate the win. Celebrate Let the people dub, say man. what they want. Yep. 
Yeah, let, uh, have, let them have I, their moment. All I was being was the wise guy going, no, you couldn't beat Florida State. Come on, y'all. So it became into that story. Like, I, I turned it into a negative, which I shouldn't have. Oh, yeah. And he went against the Cowboys. Remember that? Hey, gee, well, you, you early on, young, brash, cocky, uh, hot take guy. Well, <laughs> that one was a lesson learned because if you beat your rival, you celebrate the victory. For the Cowboys, I really that's just what I felt. I mean, I felt like Jerry Jones had screwed up a great thing, and he was gonna, and his ego, as long as he was going to take control and be the general manager, was never going to change. And that's just proven to be right. That's just proven to be no. Jerry's egos in the way of letting that organization be champions. Well, now I think I don't even think his ego is as much in the way as it used to be. But he, I think you like he, he has poisoned the well to such an extent where. It's hard to to walk that back he's after all those years. He's still way too involved, Rod. He is way too involved. I agree. He's, he's not as much of an egomaniac as he used to to get all of the credit. But you're right. He's still way too involved. Yeah. Way too involved. Yeah. Um, not to be a football guy. I mean, and I will say the word ego again because if he would – at any point, if you can realize, wait a second, when I had Jimmy Johnson running football and I was running business, this thing was cooking. When I got Bill Parcells and he was running football, he, look at where we got. Look at where we got. <laughs> got the stadium built. We built a team that uh, got pretty That's damn one good. One play away from the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? Why don't I just run the business and get out of this whole football side? Yeah. Now, he'll never do that. No. I get it. Uh, that's not going to be Jerry Jones, but it, it really has. It would be the cure uh, if he would just hire you know, one of the best football people, put him in charge, and let him run it, and leave him alone. Don't do – today's alone. Tuesday. I haven't even looked yet. Jerry Jones did his radio hit on the fan this morning because uh, he is the, the voice of Cowboys football. We know that. That's too involved. There's no other owners in the – of 31 owners outside of Jerry Jones that are doing a weekly radio conversation with the flagship radio station. Yeah, but it does keep us interested in the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. And it keeps them lucrative. And I know Jerry's he cares about titles, but he also cares about the straight cash, homie. And maybe uh, that also – I think he says he cares about the titles because I think he yeah. would put those things aside. Because the reason to hire a great coach, Rod, to hire a great coach, you'd have to give him control. Yes, you would. And you'd have to – that coach would say, Jerry, I need you to stay off the radio. I need you to stay off the radio. That's why he won't hire a real right. one because a real one will say that. And he's <laughs> yes. like, I don't want to have that conversation. It's an awkward conversation. Jerry's That's not my show. Yes. Because what does he do when he gets on the radio? He speaks for the team. He speaks for the coach. He they actually, ask him, they ask him questions dro- about the roster. He actually drops personnel like yes. moves. He'd be like, yes. yeah, we might, we, we might pick up this player. He's like, what the hell? You can't be telling people that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's talking <laughs> about, you know, he's, he's hey, it's his team now. He makes it pretty clear how involved he, he is. And that, mm-hmm. and that, you know, Bill Parcells hated it. Uh, Jimmy Johnson oh, wouldn't stand for it. He hated it. And so it, that, that, that shortens the list of coaches you can hire, Rod. Uh, so you kind of have to hire a guy that get-along guy, go-along guy, because that's just the way the op- thing's going to operate. I think it's led to 25 years of – Oh, there's no doubt. The evidence is clear. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The evidence is clear. We come back, uh, Rod, one more time behind the burn orange curtain. We're uh, parsing through the Sark sound from yesterday's Monday news conference. As you, Rod, said there's a lot of meat in it, oh, a lot yeah. of real conversations about uh, fixing the secondary quarterbacks, getting quarterbacks ready uh, for a big stretch, five games to go, sitting at number seven in the country. We're from Sark coming back behind the BOC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. We mentioned the Ag- Agassiz-Sampras rivalry for the nerds out there, the tennis nerds, he said. Somebody also said Dusty Baker was errant when he was pitching to Adolis with first base open late in the game, yeah. At the screen, yeah. Dusty Baker is not a game seven manager. I think Dusty. He's not a big game. It's manager. one of those. It's one of those double-edged swords, Rod. Because if you look at his record, he's coached in a lot of game sevens, which tells you he gets his team there. 
Mm-hmm. I know he gets his team to the playoffs. That's that's part of the that's a huge part of the battle is getting there, but managing that game yeah. has been a problem for him. Bruce Bochy is the best. Best uh, of this generation, without a doubt. And he's back in it. Uh, it's pretty cool that Bruce Bochy was fishing this time last year. He was like Craig Flowers and, <laughs> and old Frito there. Man, they were out, uh, you know, doing their thing. And now Bruce Bochy's back. And man. there's a lot of other you know, organizations going, man, why didn't we hire Bruce Bochy? Huh? I know. Because you look at all the stats, 13th managerial win in a postseason game when facing elimination. He had two more than any other manager in the history of Major League Baseball and undefeated 6-0 and in winner-take-all uh, situations and games as a manager. I'm with you. I don't know why he was sitting at home. He seems to know how to coach in well, big games, I think the game, I think most big of, games. Most, most thought he had retired. He was, you know, he was done. He'd uh, finished with the Giants. And I'll just say, and I don't think he would come back for just any job. I think he realized through Chris Young had built something pretty special. Uh, and then he saw the ownership go out and start throw the money at Jacob DeGrom and Nathan Avaldi and make those moves that, all right, this is a team that they're wanting to win. So that's, so that's a spot where I can go in and maybe have some influence and bring a, uh, you know, a championship culture. And he certainly did. He uh, and he pushed all the right buttons in this series to keep his team in it and uh, not get too low when the uh, Astros punched, because you knew the Astros as a champion would punch. They're not going to go down weakly. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, that's that's a champion's mindset, the championship yep. DNA. But in the end, that's what you had to beat to get through it. Like like Baltimore just learning to be uh, on this stage. Rays as well, and um, you know the Rangers went right through them. The Astros were not going to roll over. You knew that they're going to fight back, uh, and they, I think it showed. You know the Rangers maybe needed that. If they're going to go on and beat the Phillies and, and win the World Series, uh, to okay, you know, we're still good. And it really is just about your process and uh, continue to do things you, the way you do. That's what the Longhorns have to do. And even through some quarterback injuries now, Rod, is you know, win games. Just find ways to win games. Use your talent. Build your game plans. Make your adjustments in-game to win games. If they win five games the rest of the way, Rod, by one point, Longhorn fans shouldn't be upset about that. Right now, in the current circumstance about winning football games, finding a way, surviving and advancing, and getting yourself into the Big 12 title game. Uh, let's go behind that burn orange curtain. Let's do it. And they were all asking themselves the same question. Hey, Ty, can we have cut? What is behind that curtain? All right, we, uh, we played a lot of Sark sound, but there was a lot of good stuff. Like I said, there was a lot of meat in that media availability. Uh, so we've heard from Sark talking about the, uh, the injuries, heard from Sark talking about the quarterbacks, heard from Sark talking about the defensive struggles and issues. Uh, let's hear from Sark talking about BYU. Uh, because he had talked about his alma mater, BYU, where uh, he played uh, quarterback for uh, the BYU Cougars. But he also talked about the scheme and how he knows these coaches really well, is, um, that they have a history together, um, that he uh, knows the offensive coordinator really well because he coached them and, of course, uh, coached as well with the head coach, uh, Kalani Sitaki. Uh, is, it, is that Kalani? Kalani Sataki. Kalani Sataki. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's the head coach. So th- there's familiarity there between he and Sark. Here's Sark uh, talking about the BYU football team. You know, we haven't been at home in about a month now. Uh, and we're playing a really good BYU football team. Uh, five and two. Um, obviously, my alma mater. I uh, know a lot of those coaches well. Let's go, you know, Kalani Sataki time. and I were, were teammates uh, back in the day. And I can't believe he's in year eight and he's doing a heck of a job. Aaron Roderick, their offensive coordinator, was a, was a receiver of mine when I was there. Uh, so these guys are really good coaches. They've got really good schemes. They've got a veteran football team. Um, and they play extremely hard. They're tough nosed, they're hard nosed. Uh, they play the game with a real mentality, real effort first team. 
I think the ball is going to be critical Saturday. Uh, I think they've created 15 turnovers on defense, and I think if you just watch the Tech game, if you want to talk about the deciding factor in the game was their ability to create five turnovers uh, and what it meant in that game. Uh, definitely got a veteran quarterback in, in Slovis. Uh, got a multitude of tight ends that they like to use. So, you know, we got our work cut out for us, but um, uh, looking forward to the opportunity to, to get back to DKR uh, and play in front of our fans in, in a heck of a ball game. Talking about BYU, and one thing he can expect from BYU, and I think he's actually even said that he's, he will be expecting the BYU defense to throw him uh, to throw at them a different look on the field than they have seen on film. Uh, that's happened now multiple times, back-to-back weeks, Oklahoma and um, uh, U of H, also early on in the season with Rice and Wyoming. So uh, more than half of your games that your opponent has presented you with a look on the field during the game that you did not prepare for because they did not show it on film. Uh, here's Sark when he was asked about this uh, trend developing. Um, it's just a new defense. You know, every time we go out um... – I, again, I, I take it as a compliment that, that people want to go to a, to a length of doing something that they haven't shown through six games and do something totally different, and that's okay. Um, you know, and that, like last week's game against Houston, that was from the first snap of the game. It wasn't like they went to it after we had 21 points. That, that was exactly what they did from the first snap of the game, and we executed good football and, and obviously got out to a 21-point to a lead. Um, I think for all of us, we have to continue to respect the game and, and, and stay sharp on our details, uh, whether that's the scheme, whether that's the execution, whether that's um, the situations within the game and playing those situations. So through it all, I think it was a good lesson learned. And there's nothing better than learning lessons after a win um, because I think that's when, when you win ugly, you can, you can coach hard and you can fix issues and, and then come out and play better the next week. All right, there's uh, Sark talking about the pattern, the trend that's developing with teams are presenting Texas with a different look defensively uh, during the game that they actually have seen on film, then they actually have seen on film. Um, and I think it's unsatisfying because I think it is a compliment, but it, the pattern was Texas would start slow when they were presented with a different look, and it would take them time to acclimate and adjust. This uh, game versus U of H, it was the opposite. Texas started fast, got up 21 points, and then – uh, or then U of H made an adjustment uh, within the framework of that defense, and then Texas didn't really have an, an effective counter. Uh, so either way, whether you want Texas to start slow or you want to see them struggle, looks like you better get outside of your comfort zone defensively and show them something that they have not seen on film. Uh, here's Sark talking about uh, the defense for BYU um, and what they do really well defensively. I think, you know, Jay, Jay and uh, Kalani go back to Utah days. Um, and so that's kind of a, you know, if you think about Kyle Whittingham and, and those great defenses that they've had at Utah over the years, and, and Kalani and Jay were there for, for a lot of those years, that's a very aggressive style, very attacking, uh, attack the line of scrimmage, defensive line is penetrating. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to get into the backfield. Um, you know, I, I think they, they have a lot of confidence in their players and in their scheme. Um, they do a good job on first down, second down of mixing things up, and on, on third down, how can they get to the quarterback? But in the end, they're ball conscious, and, and you see the turnovers and when they come and why they come. I think their players are really aware uh, the coverages that they're playing, and I think that goes back to coaching. You know, those guys are good coaches. They've been doing it a long time. Got a ton, a ton of respect for them. 
Uh, there you go. Coach talking about the uh, the BYU defense. They did force a lot of turnovers, um, and they have on the season, but I think it's a little skewed. But versus Tech, they forced five of them. Um, so that will be for Longhorn, especially with a young quarterback, an inexperienced quarterback, that will be a concern. Taking care of the football, turnover margin. Uh, you don't beat yourself. you got a good chance to come away with another win, even with a backup quarterback and all the injuries. Yeah, well said, and good stuff right there in the behind the red orange curtain. And somebody had texted earlier when we we talked about you know U of H changing defenses, and and somebody said that's really starting to sound like an excuse from Sark. I would say this based on the Dana Holgerson thing: when you change your complete look that you've been running for six games now, I mean that's what you're looking at on film is what are they doing on defense, and all of a sudden you come out in a different look. That can be surprising, but it does feel like the Longhorns handled it. But when they went to bracket the receivers is when yeah. they started to have a little bit of trouble with it. And then of course the quarterback got hurt, but. Uh, you know, you got to have time to do that, and the Houston did have some extra time because remember they had their bye week into a Thursday night game, yep. and then they had ten days to get ready for Texas. And you know, Dana Holgerson was pretty mm. pretty candid and said, "Look, we would have gotten run off the field had we stayed in the same defense we were playing against West Virginia." And I, guess, I don't think it's unfair to say to Sark that at some point maybe you got to anticipate this, maybe you got to be a, have a plan. Mm. And now it makes it even more double down because now you're dealing with a backup quarterback mm-hmm. uh, who's not going to be as comfortable adjusting on the fly. It'd be a little bit more like Quinn last year. That Yeah, your playbook's not wide open. Yeah, your playbook you, is you only much have, thinner now. Yeah, you only have a, a third, maybe a quarter of that playbook uh, available because that, I mean, that young quarterback, he just doesn't have the mental. And you know what you need now? Going. You need your offensive line, your big men up front, your big humans. You've got to be able to run this football. And yep. uh, this is going to be a physical front. This needs to be a game where Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter, God, it was good to see C.J. Baxter looking that explosive. That was the back when you saw him taking off in the early parts of that Houston game. And at the end, we were like, oh, okay, that's why he was a five-star back out of Florida. That's why he yes, was exactly right. uh, one of the number one running backs in the country. That's a really explosive player. And, by the way, think about him. You know, you know when we were doing the on-Texas football in-game watch-along, Rod, mm-hmm. with the inside Texas, it was Jerry Hamilton who said, you know, and Jerry had seen uh, C.J. when he was in, in high school. And says, you know, when he's when he gets in a weight room and he's up to 230 pounds, 235. Yeah, that dude is going to be like Larry Johnson. Uh, think about remember back Larry Johnson when he oh, was yeah. coming through. Uh, Grandmama. Yeah, Th- that Larry no, Johnson. No, 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 not the basketball. I was say Larry Johnson. Grandma. Running back. Larry Johnson. Oh, running Penn back. State running back. Penn State running back. Uh, I was like, what, Larry, Grandmama? That's who he projects <laughs> him as that he can become. And then Sark, big picture, will have a power back, and then you know he'll have a fleet back, and then he'll have a, you know, kind of Keelan a gadget Robinson, back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but man, that that's. And if you think of the days at Alabama when Sark was there and before him with guys like Derrick Henry, guys like Mark Ingram, power backs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, you can kind of see in, a, in an era of positionless football where Sark's going, I want, I want a power back, I want a speed back, I want a gadget back. And that's exactly uh, right. maybe that's a, And CJ's still going to be that long strider that can, that can really run. And as he, as he gains football strength, that'll be fun. And uh, I just look at the development of Jonathan Brooks and just how darn good he is right now. He's been great. And is stepping up. And that, that's development right there. That's a guy that uh, has really gotten better. And now that he has his chance, sees it. We'll see if Malik Murphy getting a chance can seize it. Because there are some people out there right, that think Malik Murphy's going to come I, in and blow the doors off of I've, this thing. I've heard those who are Malik uh, truthers who believe uh, Malik Murphy has just been waiting on an opportunity and that he may not give up this job once he gets it. That can, if that's the case, then Texas has first, Texas. To have first world problems at the quarterback position. But, you know, he's a young quarterback, so growing pains are inevitable, no matter how talented you are as a quarterback. So that's what I think Sarkis wants to try to avoid is those growing pains inevitably hurting Texas' chance of getting a win. And at this point, yeah, style points don't matter. Nobody cares how pretty the win is. When you're dealing with injuries, especially to your quarterback position, you just got to find a way to get the dub.
Well, and I would also say that BYU just faced a first-time starter last week. Uh, you know, Texas Tech is so far down their quarterback death chart for Joey oh, McGuire. They started a guy named Jake Strong. Wow. And he went out, and part of those five turnovers were three interceptions that he threw. Ooh, so, yeah. you know, you know they're gonna, Kalani Sataki's going to throw some things at him uh, to confuse him. And, uh, you know, if, if there are Malik Murphy truthers, and I know there are, Malik Murphy is a Steve Sarkeesian truther. Like, he believes in Sark, right? He was he recruiting does. him when he was at Alabama yeah. and wanted to come there. And then when he came here, he came and he stayed to, for this opportunity to learn from Sark. So He stayed uh, after Quinn committed and he stayed after Arch committed. Yeah. So and, that's – I think that were two opportunities. Most people thought, oh, definitely he's going to leave now because he knows Quinn is going to be a, you know, pretty much rewarded the, start, the top spot, anointed as the starting quarterback. And then when Arch came, everybody assumed, oh, when Quinn leaves, it's going to be Arch's job. So definitely Malik's going to leave. And he didn't. And even after the spring game, as he has a great spring game and everybody's talking around the country about – Big Ten schools and SEC schools recruiting, even though it's tampering, recruiting Malik, and he gets his bag to stay. There were three opportunities where he could have left, and it would have been justified. Everybody went, yep, makes sense to me. And he decided to stay. Yeah. This is the payoff, Malik, so make it count, buddy. Yeah, here's your make chance. Make it count, brother. It's your chance. And back-to-back home games. Don't have to go into a road environment for three weeks. Yeah. So uh, Bet on himself. Yeah, exactly. We'll come back. When we do, we will uh, pick up the – we, uh, what's poppin' conversation? Poppin'? Look forward to tonight, tomorrow, tonight, and uh, we'll get you the the preview of the Phillies and Diamondbacks game seven. Back to back game sevens now, pretty good in baseball. Also, uh, what else is poppin' on a Tuesday in Austin, Texas? Coming back. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line five one two four four seven three seven seven six. That's five one two four four seven three seven seven six. What's poppin'? Brand new whip, just hopped in. I got options. I can pass the pick of the day is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie gets you the most for your money with a double deposit bonus up to a thousand bucks when you use promo code HORN. Hey, what's poppin'? Uh, Ty Henderson's pick from last night was a winner because the Texas Rangers pounded those Astros 11 to 4. So he's on a hot streak now. And uh, gave you that uh, Dolas Garcia home run, too. You did. Oh, uh, you did. Ah, feeling it right and, now, man. And the Seager one the night before, too. Okay. Did you give us a, a Dolis with a home run last night? Yeah, right? I had yeah. someone yeah. shout yeah, me out on the text line earlier. Nice. I'm going to say this, that um, Rod and I will pay off our bet, and uh, we are bet payer offers. Yeah, you can't do that. We don't welch. But since we're not right now in our studios there in West Austin, we're, we're doing the show, Rod and I, from the home studio here in Onion Creek, Texas, uh, because we're doing some construction there, some renovations in mm-hmm. our building. So we don't, we, right now we don't have cameras. So yeah. there would be no reason for me to put on a full Ranger uniform and the cleats and What's the eye black no. uh, and do the show like Rod's going to do with his uh, mask on. Oh, yeah, we need to be mocked and ridiculed publicly, and oh, he can't shamed. do that. <laughs> we need to be shamed. shamed. <laughs> uh, but we can't do that without the cameras. So yeah. that wouldn't make any – and then, of course, I need to go after the show to the HEB, and then Ty's going to throw me some batting oh, practice. And we're going to have some fun with that. Uh, but I'll do it. Uh, we just want to wait until we're, we're fully technologically capable, and that is a good reminder in what's popping. If you can't uh, see us on Twitch or watch us on YouTube, that's why, uh, at least for the time being. We'll temporary. let you know. Just we'll a temporary back. thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll be back, back on camera, but uh, it's going to be when our renovations are completed. We'll be back up, and it'll be on YouTube. So right now you're just listening on the Horn, a- on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, watching 
Uh, we'll, we'll come back soon. I'll order the mask today. I will order it. I will order the mask And I today. will reach out to my buddy, Chris yeah. Almendaris. He'll help me with a Ranger uniform. By the way, can I say congratulations on what's popping to Chris? Chris got, yeah. married. Chris got remarried over the weekend. Oh, in, yeah. In, Congrats, Chris. Course, That's awesome. With Chris, we probably know the story. His, his first wife passed, yeah. passed away after a battle with Very cancer. Sad. And that uh, was really – you know, a difficult time, and uh, Chris is a great friend of ours, and he uh, he's the president of the Round Rock Express, and he uh, got remarried in Italy over the Ooh, weekend. Yeah. hold up. Yeah. What? Wow, uh, that's big time right there. Now, that's nice. Yeah, I believe that's where they I saw a picture. Ooh. Beautiful picture, beautiful spot, beautiful Good bride. So congrats to Chris. That's popping for sure. That is. That's legit. I'm and to congrats that. to the Round Rock Express because they are a big part of this Texas Ranger run to the World Series. There are so many players on that Ranger team, including Evan Carter and Josh Young and just go down the list who have starred down there at the Round Rock spot on their way to the big leagues. Mm. Uh, that was the cool stat of this series. It kind of ties the Round Rock Express to this rivalry now. Because remember, the Express were an Astros affiliate when they started. And then Rangers. And then back to the Astros. Back to the Rangers. So when this series began, we gave you the number. There were 22 players on either side who have spent played and played time at the Dell Diamond. That's 22 really cool. players who have spent time playing at, at Round Rock on their way to the big leagues. That's a really cool you know, you know, pivot, you know, fusion point of yeah. this rivalry with the Astros and Rangers, and it, it's right there in Round Rock, Texas. Well, just to let you know that that's why the Round Rock Express have been, you know, such a popular organization with this community. You get good value getting out there. You get to see, see some, some see some real prospects, man. Well, a bunch of dudes, <laughs> dudes, dudes. Yeah. Hey, uh, Ty, do you have a pick for tonight? Because fifty nights of football continues tonight. We've got New Mexico State La Tech in Ruston. Uh, and then we have Liberty. Liberty is like the Tuesday night darlings. They, they like playing Tuesday nights at Liberty. They're 7-0. and They're playing at the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky. That could be a pretty decent oh, game on ESPNU yeah. tonight. Uh, Ty, do you have a pick tonight? Is it uh, the baseball, maybe the football? What are we doing? Uh, I, I think I'm just going to go with a shout-out to uh, my mom and the rest of my family in Dallas tonight because my grandpa, he passed away last year. And he was one of those guys that watched literally every single Rangers game pretty much his mm. whole life even when they sucked. Yeah. Uh, so we put his ashes in his chair last night. Uh, I just want to oh, – I know, I know they're, 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 my mom's listening right now, so I just want to shout them out. And I know nice. he's uh, looking down real your, happy today. I'm Classy sure he move. is. And we're, like we're, we're, we're right there with him. What, uh, what was your grandfather's name? Richard. He was the, he's the one that, I've, that I get my gambling um, <laughs> uh, prowess <laughs> That from. is awesome. Uh, Hold on. Who would you have the family member that was at the bowling scholarship? That, that, was, that was Richard. Oh, he got kicked out of the school. His, his name was Gran- <laughs> Grandpa Dick, Rich for Richard. Oh, that's legit. I that's like awesome. that. Shout out, no question. I have a brother named R.I.P. Richard. Baby. I won't say that my brother when we were growing up. I I may have called him Dick a, a time or two. <laughs> my brother Rick. His the, the name uh, fit his personality, but he was a great guy. And you know what my brother's middle name is? You know what my brother's middle name is? My parents did not do my brother any favors. He's Richard Peter. No, it's not. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah, Richard Peter. Wow. Did they not think about that? Is that a joke with your family? I don't think they were thinking. I mean, they, they named me Aaron with an E. Uh, oh. But, no, it was it was both of my grandparents, Richard and oh. Peter. So oh, that's very unfortunate for them. Both, both granddads. <laughs> that's a that's tough not name. popping, Rod. That's a tough name to grow up with, man, with kids. Well, he went with Rick. There you um, go. But Rick Peter. And if I wanted to earn <laughs> yeah. a beating, I could just call him that other thing. And oh, then you good. Then we're good. Let's go. <laughs> Hey, that's popping. Hey, Rod, great stuff, my friend. You too, brother. Thanks for the hospitality. Uh, appreciate Jeff Fry jumping on. Congrats to the Rangers. Rod yes, and I will set of those bets as we have to. Congrats Watch the to football Ty. tonight. Good luck with the uh, Diamondbacks-Phillies game seven tonight. That will be popping this evening in uh, at the bank 
If you missed any part of our show today, go back and listen to it on podcast at hornfm.com. We'll do it on a Wednesday, Rod, yes, 6 a.m. from the, uh, the home studio here in Onion Creek, Texas. Everybody have a great Wednesday, uh, Tuesday. We'll see you Wednesday morning at 6 a.m.